Talk Show is brought to you by... Hey, want to feel young again? Are you tired, run down, have aches and pains, brain fog? This is science-based, not hype or fancy marketing. It really works. Carbon-60 helps detoxify your body on the cellular level. It stabilizes free radicals, just like the antioxidants found in red wine and berry stew, but on a far smaller, more bioavailable nanoscale. It's like a bottle of electrons, helping your body to function better. You can also apply it on your skin, topically, over muscles, joints, or organs. Most people feel results within minutes. This is not a drug. It's organic carbon. Feel better today. About 95% of our users report more energy and clarity of mind within 10 days. Give us a call at Greska's Carbon 60 at 720-600-6040 or visit our site at c-60.com. Call 720-600-6040 and feel young again. everyone and welcome to the Frank Williams Show. I'm your host, Frank Williams, and I have to say it is a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for stopping by and watching. As we all know, life can be tough at times, so tough that it seems like we get knocked down almost every single day. And unfortunately, over time, we tend to lose sight of our vision of our dreams and our hopes. Eventually, we accept to become, uh, Dave, I'm sorry. (laughs) Not a good phone call. No, you're doing fine. And and even when you make mistakes, it's okay for people to see that. You, you, oh, yeah, which is true. I, I think I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah, it's okay for them to go, hey, let me let me say that differently. Or let me add, let me re-say that again. You know, they get to see that you're a human being. And uh, Yeah, which is true. Which is true. All right, one more time. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frank Williams Show. I'm your host, Frank Williams. And I have to say, it is a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for stopping by and watching. As we all know, life could be tough at times. So tough that it seems like we get knocked down almost every single day. And unfortunately, as time goes on, we tend to lose sight of our hopes and our dreams and eventually accept the average. Well, I'll be the first one to tell you, don't you ever accept being average. You were created to achieve tremendous success. And my guest on today's show is a life coach, and he's going to share with us his expertise and knowledge, how we can get through those tough times and focus on achieving our dreams and our hopes. And I'd like to welcome Dr. Dave White to the show. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Frank, good being with you. Gosh, you couldn't have said that better. Life is tough for people, isn't it? It is overwhelming, obstacles, there's always stuff. So um, it's good to be with you. Let's encourage one another. All right, let's get it going. What would you say would be the basics of someone, uh, what they should do to accomplish their goals. What do you think the foundation would be? Well, there's lots of ways to approach that, of course, you know, but, uh, you know, I think God makes us uniquely. So I would say, okay, what did God gift you? What are your talents? What are your abilities? What are your dreams? What are you thinking about? And then as you think through what you want to do, you write some goals down, maybe some steps. How do I get there? And then probably more importantly, because you and I coach people and we journey with people, it's like, well, who are you going to do it with? A lot of times people have goals and ambitions and dreams. They want to achieve stuff, but they don't know who's going to help them get there. And all of us need a little help along the way. And would you say that people should specify or be creative with their goals 
you know, write down exactly what they're looking for, as opposed to someone saying, oh, I want to lose weight, but not actually given a, a, a range or a set number? Well, there's nothing wrong with general goals, but you and I both know we've worked with lots of people. It's the ones who are a little more targeted and a little more focused that actually achieve it. And it's usually not just the goal. Let's say someone says, I just want to lose some weight, right? Okay, great goal. But being more specific, I'm going to lose 20 pounds over the next eight weeks if I can, because I got a wedding or I, I've got a, a big party or I, I have a goal. I want to achieve that. But then it's not just what are the lag measures, as we say in business, what is the goal? The goal is losing maybe 20 pounds in eight weeks. What are the lead measures? Like, well, what would you have to do to do that? What would your calorie count? How many sit-ups? How many pull-ups? What's your strategy to get there? That's the key. And you can have a goal out there, but that's a cool goal. But how are you going to get from LA to New York? Right. Uh, you gotta, you, we got to map it, right? Exactly. And how, how many goals would you say somebody should work on at one time? Well, it depends on the person. It seems like God makes some people that are like more one talent people. Some are two talent people. Some are more five talent people. You're like a five talent guy, Frank. Everyone who knows you knows you're good <laughs> at so many things. So if you just had one goal, maybe you wouldn't be as maybe you'd get a little bit bored and uh, maybe you'd need, you know, to work on a couple of different things at, at, at a time. But a lot of people are a one talent person and they do better focused on one thing at one time. They may have 10 goals, but it's like, what am I called to do this month or this season or this week or at this age? Um, there's a lot of guys I know like you and I who have kids. And if you got little kids, okay, you can't achieve all your goals while you have little kids, spend some time with them. But when the kids are launched, like you and I have older kids, you can do other things that you couldn't do in those early years. So I would just say, you know, depending on who the person is, work it out. Sounds good. What about the mindset? How important is the mindset to achieving something? Well, you know firsthand, I mean, <laughs> mindset's kind of key to everything. I mean, uh, you know, Eeyore in uh, Winnie the Pooh is not going to accomplish too much. He's always <laughs> complaining and whining, you know. But being, being like Tigger, you know, bouncy, bouncy and manic doesn't always get it done uh, either. So uh, the mindset is super important. And to me, the mindset is best developed by developing habits that you do consistently over time. And those habits start to become part of your character. And your character really does influence your mindset, along with key relationships. We all need just a lot of love and belonging, and that helps our mind as well. And what tips would you give someone that is struggling with the mindset? How is it that, can, that they can overcome the negativity? Now, they're not going to eliminate all negativity. That's just not possible. I mean, that's life. You're going to have negativity in your life. But what can we do to eliminate a good part of that and start putting in positive thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I don't like to cut against the grain because I, I read a lot of stuff and listen to a lot of podcasts and network with a lot of amazing people like yourself. And most people are asking, what can I do alone, solo, to get my mindset right? Well, if you have a decent mindset, you can kind of reset, reframe, and pivot your mind to be more positive. But if you're not used to that, I would say get some good people in your life. Um, because when you're loved and you're supported and you're encouraged, it helps keep your mindset. So in other words, if, if you're a person who's a little bit negative or having a hard time getting there, don't just think you can get out of a hole yourself. Uh, get Frank in your corner or get a buddy or a friend or a grandpa or a pastor or a neighbor or Dave, <laughs> or Dave and say, hey, 
one of you, could you help me? I'm trying to lose some 20 pounds in the next eight weeks, but I get negative and I get down and I procrastinate and I have a hard time executing. Uh, but when you, when you come pick me up and take me to the gym or when you call me or you text me and say, Hey, how are those workouts going? How's that diet going? That's the positivity I need. And so they borrow in a sense, Frank, your positivity or mine or friends until it actually becomes their own. And then if, you know, after they do that enough, they just say it to themselves, like, I just need to do this. And then they do it. Right. One, one of the exercises I use with my clients is I tell them to think about their, their mind as a computer. You know, if they put in the software that's programmed for doubt, defeat, and uncertainty, what do you think is going to come up? Right. Doubt, defeat, and uncertainty. But if you put in the, the software that's programmed to give you strength, victory, and power, what do you think is going to show up? Strength, victory, and power. And it's not, and as we had said before, you know, the mind is not a computer, but the, my, my reason behind that is to get them to stop the negative thinking and just delete it. And every time they come up with a negative thought or phrase, stop in the middle or stop in the beginning as soon as you, you get it and put something positive in. And I found that a lot of people do, uh, do stop and add that positive. I mean, it takes time. You're not going to eliminate all negative thinking in your life, but the goal is to put more positive stuff in your life. Yeah, no, you do or that. What's in your life? Yeah, you do that so well, Frank, and you always have great input for people, people who listen to you and, and journey with you, you know, know that firsthand. Uh, the only thing I would add to that is that sometimes people get a little isolated and lonely, and a lonely person does tend to be a negative person. Uh, when when you, you feel alone, you start to feel shame, you feel guilt, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I so isolated? And it's hard to be positive. So I'd say, look, if you've got good people around you, that's going to be a lot easier to get that mindset right. right. If you don't, though, pull a few people around you so you're not so alone because a lonely mind can be a negative mind. And let's get you like loved up, supported, encouraged, and then get your mind working right. Because it is in that sense like a computer. If you have the support around you and you program good stuff, you should get good stuff out. Very good. We talked about it before, uh, procrastination. How do you get somebody to move forward and not procrastinate, just to keep pushing forward, to, to take little steps at a time? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that, right? And you know, sometimes it's the old-fashioned way of a, darn it, stop that and just do it. <laughs> well, if they can do that, that's terrific. But a lot of times procrastination is just the symptom. Underneath it is like a fear of failure. And when people fear failure, it's much deeper and it's harder for them to move forward. So they may feel like, I keep putting this off, I keep putting this off, I keep putting this off. It could be painting a room, losing some money, starting a bank account, whatever. But underneath that might be a fear that if I try that, I may not be able to do it well, or I might be unsuccessful, or I'd feel bad, or I'd feel like a loser. So there again, if you're just dealing with like procrastination up here, come on get a little kick in the, the booty, you know, just set that goal and like break out of it. But if you're having a hard time breaking out of it, maybe there's something underneath the procrastination and we can help kind of talk through that and remind people, look, it's okay to fail. I mean, one of the ways you succeed is you keep failing forward, right? You keep trying stuff, learning, get up, try it again, moving forward. And when that fear is removed, it's easier not to put things off. Very good. One of the other things I talk to my clients about is the three Ds. I call it the three Ds. Decisions determine direction. Almost 
everything that they've done up to that point in their lives has been based on the decisions they've made. You know, they, they decide what career path to take. They decide where to go on vacation, vacation. They decide what clothes to wear. And it's the individual and only the individual that's going to decide as to what the rest of their, their life is going to look like. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, they're the author of their own life. The pen is in their hand. So you get through that procrastination. You have a new story to write. You could start writing the beginning, the middle, and have a fantastic end. Yeah, no, that's exciting for a lot of people. But for some people, it's paralyzing and terrifying. I mean, it is very sober for people to realize the most likely person to ruin your life is you. That's right. <laughs> it, it feels like, well, it's it's the president, it's the governor, it's my teacher, it's my boss who's so mean, it's my next door neighbor, it's my family, it's my background, it's this. Look, those things can impact us. But as you said, turn the page. You can write a new chapter to your story. Like you're the CEO of your life. But that kind of power, authority, sovereignty can scare some people. And we got to remind people, it is your life. So let's try to help you make it happen. We're, we're not just saying, just go do it. We're saying, we'll help you. And Frank, you're great at that. You partner with people and you help Thank them reach you. goals. One of the things I found, Dave, coaching with clients is the lack of self-esteem, low self-esteem, you know, where maybe a family member or a friend has told them they can't accomplish it, you'll never do it. You know, how do you break somebody out of that thinking or out of that mold of thinking, oh, maybe they're right? Yeah, no, that's that's tough. I do see that a lot too, Frank. To be honest with you, if I could get a little more spiritual here, I think- Yeah, please do. I mean, ultimately, I think we're created by God. We have a creator and we used to have the term self-image. Why? Because we are created in the image of God. So we imaged someone who loves us, cares about us, created us unique, unlike anyone else, gave us gifts, talents, abilities, intellect, emotion, will. Um, but once you get in a culture where they remove God, there's nothing to image. So we've fluffed up this concept called self-esteem, like we're just supposed to just puff people up. And it doesn't work. People know, like, just because you say positive things doesn't mean it's true. And if I'm just randomly here with no God, no existential purpose, nothing transcendent about me, what should I feel good about? I think those old-fashioned values of, no, there is a creator. He's made you with purpose and meaning and dignity. And every person has value is where real self-esteem comes from because it comes from real self-image. I image someone who loves me and cares for me, and now I want to steward my gifts and make a difference in the world. Oh, it definitely would. You know, we, we talked about this the last time. Uh, the kids today, unfortunately, it looks like they've lost a lot of their faith. So if you have a young kid or teenager or young parent that is looking to achieve a goal but doesn't have that faith but would like to, you know, look into it or, or start bringing faith into their life, what would you suggest? That they start out with first you know something to make it make it easy for them yeah well i mean uh, everyone has faith it's just what your faith is in you know and i'm like well don't just put your faith in man i certainly in these days wouldn't put it in government i wouldn't put it in just the academic world or in the entertainment world i would like try to go towards god and with god i i say go to the bible and my favorite bibles are kids bibles like don't make it complicated you don't have to just read black and white print Go get a simple Bible with just pictures and stuff that tell you that God created you, 
that he loves you, he cares about you, has a purpose and a destiny. Learn some of the stories that you can learn from so that you realize, you know, the Bible, Frank, is filled with just stories of people who have these hard lives. Oh, great stories, right. They had to overcome. They were put in a lion's den or they had to deal with a flood or they had to, little David had to deal with this giant. We all have giants that face us that seem like this is too overwhelming. And yet uh, people with faith can kind of move forward and kind of see some victory. It's super cool. Yeah, it is super cool. I, I would suggest even with the young kids and the young parents that they get involved with other people of faith, uh, you know, to a Bible class or just start attending church and start talking to people about the faith and let that stuff sink in. Soak that stuff up like a sponge, because yeah. the more you're with that, as with anything, the more you, you become part of that. Yeah, you know, exactly. so it, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but you have faith in God. He's going to take you places you never thought you could get get to. Yeah. And there's people, of course, who'll say to me, oh, Dave, Frank, you know, I tried a church and it was terrible. I had a bad experience. We've all had that. We've all had a math teacher we didn't like. We've all had a coach uh, in the baseball, you know, field or basketball or football or gymnastics that was a nightmare. We've all had you know, restaurants that didn't serve good food. Like, don't throw restaurants out just because you had a bad experience. Don't throw sports out because you had a bad coach. Don't throw the church out because you've had a bad experience. Just go to another one until you find one that you go, you know what, this is a good fit. It feels like a home, feels encouraging, feels supportive. And I'm not just working now on my my mind and not just working on my body. I'm working on my soul. I've got a spirit. Right. Very good whole approach is and, and it starts to come together very good and that's a big part of someone's life or at least i believe it is you know bringing god into your life with the problems that you may have asking him to help you with those but with the goal setting i mean he who else who better else to ask than god to help you go get through those goals or achieve those goals but what yeah. would you tell what would you tell someone that wants a major goal or a big goal would you start out with smaller goals first would you jump right into the big goals what would you what would you suggest well i love bold audacious you know gigantic goals but obviously those aren't achieved in one swoop it's not a fireworks show they're usually systematically achieved by breaking that big goal into smaller goals so that you can like stair step your way there the thing that I do see a lot is people have gigantic goals that are not consistent with who they are, though. This goes back to like, well, how did God create you? Look, if you're not a music person, you don't have a really good ear for things like you're probably not going to be a professional singer. So I, I like the goal, but that's probably not going to fit. But if you're a great athlete, maybe you could make the NBA or maybe a you know professional sports team or something like be honest with yourself about what who you are and who you're not. And then based on your gifts and abilities and talent and your personality, set a big goal. But it's not even when people reach the goal that they're the most satisfied. A lot of times it's the journey of moving towards the goal. So there's a thousand guys that aren't going to make the NBA this year, but them going after their goal is going to be quite meaningful. It might get them a college scholarship, play some international ball. They may, may not reach that North Star that they're looking for. But I do say set it out there and then go as far as you can go. The journey is actually probably the best part of it. You know, watching yourself Absolutely. build that confidence to achieving what you want. If somebody, when, at what point would you advise somebody to maybe tweak the goal or try a different direction or maybe, you know, try a different goal? 
Well, again, if the goal is not consistent with their ability and their temperament, if they're not being honest with themselves, you know, it's like, dude, again, I would love to be a professional singer, but you know, I sound okay, Frank, in the shower, but that's about it, you know? <laughs> so I need people to go, Dave, that ain't gonna happen, you know? So I would definitely tweak the goal if it's not aligned with how you're gifted and talented and, you know, kind of the things that energize you. And also if it's too fashionable of a goal, it's one thing, it's like a tattoo, you know, it's the cool thing to do this this year, but you, you wanna set goals that like something you might wanna do five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years, 20 years from now. It may change temperament, but you know, if you're a people person, you're gonna have to find something that involves people. If you're a little more introverted, you might want to find goals that are a little more introverted. If you're more cerebral, you might want to be an engineer and find something because you'll that'll be a good goal for a lifetime. You know, one of the things as a life coach, and I've I've read so many things over the years and I've read different things about it. Would you suggest that people tell other people about their goals or just keep it to themselves? Well, if you want to achieve them, I would say get some uh, people involved because, you know, it's, I think it's nice to have some accountability. There's nothing wrong with like a secret goal. Like I have this goal, I haven't told anyone, but I'm just shooting towards it. That's cool. If you have the self-discipline, if you're highly structured and you're motivated, that's cool. And, you know, maybe you'll surprise people like, dude, you look great. Maybe you lost some weight. I didn't even know you were doing that. It's like, yeah, it was a secret kind of private goal I had. I wanted to lose 20 pounds and I've just been working on it. But for a lot of people, they can't get there on their own. And for that, I'd say, share with someone. Say, hey, my goal is to do this. And, you know, you can pray for me. You can encourage me. Uh, when you see me, ask me about it. And it helps them kind of reach those goals. You know, I'm sure the, our audience is... Uh wondering how did you get involved as becoming a life coach well i guess god made me super relational and i like to listen to people's stories and you know the old term coach is uh, taken from the like a, a wells fargo coach like you know a stage coach with the horses and the stage coach you would put the gold in there and a coach was the vehicle it was the chauffeur for the gold and it would get it from like point A to point B, or maybe an old king in the old world would take a coach. You know, it was a way to transport a valuable thing from one point to another. Well, in the 1900s, we started to use it in the sports world. And now, of course, in the 21st century, we use it as a, a life coach or, or, or something as well. But I've always been the kind of person who loves hearing people's stories and their goals and always wanted to like help them to get there. And that's what a coach does. It helps them get from A to be, particularly if they think I can't get there on my own, it's like, let's do it together and we'll get there. So Very that's always been kind of a part. And so it's it's like, it seems like it was a job made for me. Well, you're doing fantastic with it. I have to tell you, <laughs> We're uh, talking about the mindset. Uh, we know, obviously we know it's very important, but with, do you have any examples or have you ever come across an individual where you felt that your, your expertise was not enough for them, where they may had had to, uh, go for counseling? Well, you know, fortunately, I've, I've done a lot of work. I got my PhD in mental wellness. So I do feel as a doctor, like I'm able to help them on some level. I haven't chosen to, to do my work just in a hospital or a mental health ward. I was a chaplain for a few years and did that. I really like being out in the rough and tumble and life coaching allows me to do that. But I don't feel personally limited. Like they don't know, I don't know what they need. Uh, they can talk through whatever. And I'm, I'm pretty good diagnostically in terms of getting under the symptoms of the root. But in a simple, like without getting too like 
highfalutin. People just need a lot of love and support, ultimately. Um, if they have that, whatever they're struggling with, could be drugs, could be alcohol, could be anxiety, stress, panic attacks, you name it. If they have a person that they think is not judgmental, isn't going to point the finger at them, isn't going to rat them out, isn't going to throw them under the bus, but will listen, accept them. People can talk through a lot of stuff and they'll see just naturally God created it for them to naturally heal, naturally get things in the light and naturally grow. So right. you need a PhD to do that. If if someone gets stuck, yes, I'm I'm all for therapists, counselors, and you know, doctors, obviously. But the average person just needs someone to hear them, love them, care about them, and not judge them. And they'll be able to get through most of their stuff. That's very good. The reason I ask about if you've ever come across anyone like that, I belong to haven't been in law enforcement. Uh, I belong to an organization that helps counsel police officers. Uh, first responders, EMTs that experience traumatic events during yeah. the job. And I've been very fortunate to help many of them, but there are some individuals that, you know, that I talk to and I look and I think, and I say, you know what, my expertise stops here, right. you know, and then I make the suggestion to someone else or their superior that th maybe this officer or this EMT might want to look at further uh, counseling that I can't provide for you. And yeah. I've seen that in my coaching practice as well. People that just seem very depressed and you try to get them out of that and you try to build their confidence, but it's just too deep. And I, I you know, unfortunately there were times where I did have to uh, yeah. you know, terminate the, 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 the contract actually, you know, because I felt bad that I couldn't help them with that mindset. So I always suggested, or, you know, have they ever thought about going further, but I find too, that people are very, it's like a, a brick wall that you know they're not going to do that 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 they, they'll get through it and unfortunately sometimes people just don't do that they don't get it done no you know, they, they, i i mean I, I love that you own you know your limits what what is it that you can help and where do you feel like you, you can't i you know I, I just started to see a lot of alpha kind of warrior guys in the workplace in the armed forces in the police uh committing suicide yeah. Uh, dealing with all kinds of anxiety. And that was so discouraging for me years ago. That's why I went and got my PhD, to be honest with you. I'm like, it's not enough just to put your arm around someone and say, hey, I love you. I'll t text you later and check in. They're dealing with some deep stuff. And I love doing the work with clients like that. But the clients I really care about, like the, the firemen, the policemen, the warriors, the alphas, they don't want to see a counselor. They don't want to see a therapist. It's too shameful. It's too. So for me, it's been nice to have a private practice under the banner of life coach, you know, versus under the banner of therapist or mental health professional, because the guys I want to help wouldn't go for help. They won't get it. So it's nice kind of in a stealthy way to kind of go, let's just talk about your life, like what's going on. And then we can go to some of those deep places. And actually, there is ways to help them. Um, so if you know any of those guys, send them my way. <laughs> I will certainly send them your way. <laughs> uh, they, they do so much for everyone else. It's very shame for the, for them to think that they have their own problems, but they've seen stuff. They've seen that they have PTSD. Um, these, and, and they might, a lot of guys, right? Frank think maybe they're being weak or something that they have to, that they struggle. It's not a weakness. No, it's not a weakness. These guys are co courageous battle ready guys 
but they've been traumatized and we can, you know, we can help them. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're right about, uh, you know, when I was working in the, the prison as a correction officer and, and I'm sure police officers as well, you know, you have that wall of macho where, you know, you're not going to let anything get to you. But unfortunately what happens is, you know, you, you keep that stuff inside you and eventually you're going to explode like a, like a volcano. You know, and it's so important that uh, law enforcement or anybody that really has that that anger or whatever built up inside that negativity that they do seek out help. And you're right. You know, a lot of people think that coaching or going to a therapist is a sign of weakness. I think it's a sign of strength that the individual, you're not only doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for your loved ones. Yeah, because no. you, you take be, that home with you. You have to be super courageous to one, go to a humble place and say, you know what, I've got a problem. I'm not sure I know how to fix, or I'm not sleeping at night, or I'm struggling with something. I think I'm going to get help. And we have to normalize that for people. Look, I'll be candid with you. I have a lot of people who help me. I have a doctor. I have a dentist. I have a chiropractor. I have a tax man. You know, sometimes I have a guy who helps with the yard. Uh, it could be a pool guy. It could be whatever. I have a pastor. I, you know, we we do well. You know, if the pipes break and I know how to do plumbing, great, I'll fix it. But if not, I'm just going to call and call a plumber and say, I need another helper. You know, if the car breaks and you can fix it, great. But if you're not good at fixing the car, call an auto guy and let them help you. In other words, we're here to help each other. And you, again, you can't do everything. Not every guy knows how to fix cars. It's okay. Stay in your lane and get a car guy to help you. Get a, a life coach to help you. Get a tax guy to help you. Get a medical doctor to help you. You don't have to know it all, but you have to take stewardship of your life and make sure you get the help you need. That's correct. You, you, you have to take 100% responsibility of your life. You know, with any goal, you shouldn't think about, well, you, it's okay to think about what you want to achieve, but you want to achieve that goal that's going to benefit not only yourself, but everybody around you, your loved ones, your friends, to let them see the example of what can be achieved. Absolutely. Well, you do that. I mean, your whole life has been, uh, you know, you've got amazing daughters, you know, you have friends, you've got people that you, I mean, you just give and give and give, Frank. Not everyone's as luminous, gregarious, and as handsome as you are, but you, 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 you just, God's gifted you that way. And it's awesome. But I do think you point people that everyone has a chance to take their game up. Everyone has a chance to be a little more luminous, a little more gracious, a little more loving, and a little more like helping of other people, like getting out of ourselves a little bit and reminding ourselves, yeah, there's something to loving my neighbor as I love myself. What would you say to someone or what tips could you give someone who has that low self-esteem, wants to achieve things, but just doesn't have the belief? Are there tips that you could share to help somebody, you know, start that foundation of believing or increasing that confidence in themselves? Well, again, if someone is like, I don't have a confidence or belief in myself, but I want it, get a coach in your life. Right. I mean, that's a very minor expense for the return you're going to get for a lifetime of confidence. It's a game changer. That's that's what's going to attract women. That's what's going to get you success in business. That's going to make you feel healthy and robust, virile and potent. Um, but look... I know when we're dealing with adults, sometimes it's hard to picture, but I'm like, just go back to like square one. Let's talk about little children. 
little babies. Would you ever say to a little one-year-old or two-year-old or three-year-old, like, come on, go get some confidence. Come on, go, 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 go believe in yourself. Come on, you're four. Come on, go do it. You know, they need, our, you know, my kids, at least when they were little, was like, dad, 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 watch, dad, watch. Dad. And then we'd say like, dude, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. Look at you. You're riding a bike, you know, without training wheels. And they learn to internalize the encouragement and support and confidence of other people. I know when my girls were doing gymnastics and they were four years old, six years, eight, 10 years old, they'd get on the balance beam, you know, and like, I don't think I can do it. I'm like, I think you can. Really? Oh yeah, I think you can. And sure enough, they'd pop up. They didn't have the confidence. They took dad's confidence and internalized it and it became their own. And the, the more, you know, people who lack confidence and stuff, I'm like, get people in your corner who will champion you and, and then swallow it and let it become your, your own. You know, you don't come in the no one's born in the world of confidence. Um, it needs to be given. No, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you a quick story with my one daughter. Uh, when she was in the eighth grade, uh, she went out for the soccer team and she didn't make it. And she came home and unfortunately she was crying. You know, and since my girls were little, I always tried to build their confidence as much as I could. You know, plant that seed that, yes, you are going to fail, but you know what? Just keep on trying. So my daughter comes home and, you know, she's crying. And I, I sat her down and I let her speak for a, a few minutes. And then I purposely asked her, I said, so what does this mean? You're going to quit? Dave, she looked at me like I had 10 heads. She said, Dad, you have always told us never to quit, to do the best we can. Then she says to me, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a team to play in the summer. I'm going to join the clinic, and I will make that high school team next year. Next year comes around, captain of the team, three years. Wow. Three years. And unfortunately, he got hurt in her, her senior year, so she didn't play that much. But I was sitting there, and I started thinking, wow, my kids do listen to me. But it was so great to see that she was determined yeah. You know, that, that that I was fortunate enough to be able to build that confidence in her, not yeah. only in her, but in my two other daughters as well. You know, so you're right about the parents giving uh, your children the uh, the confidence. That's what they need. Yeah, because a lot of. Exactly. You're amazing that way. I mean, your girls are so fortunate to have you. I mean, think of a kid who doesn't have the support you gave your daughters, Frank. They, they need to go out and perform for love. They don't even know if they're a meaningful person in life. Our kids didn't have that. We love you no matter what. If you make the soccer team, you don't make, look, you're loved. And because you're loved, you can try it again. Exactly. Because you're supported and you know we're behind you no matter what. So what? You fall on your face, get up, brush yourself off. We try it again. But when people don't have that support, it's like, oh, if I fall off or I don't make soccer, I'm a bad person. I'm not a worthwhile person. No. That's not what's going on here. They need someone to go, you're a worthwhile person. You just need to try it again and get that soccer kick down. And sure enough, your daughter did it because she had a dad who's like, you got it. Well, I have to return the compliment because speaking with you, you are a fantastic father. You brought up uh, beautiful children. And uh, I just compliment you for it because, you know, it's sometimes you see people that you know that don't support their children that way. You know, I used to be a little league coach and I had this gentleman that coached with me. And his son was a catcher. And unfortunately, the father was trying to bring out his talents in his son. But he, unfortunately, he was doing it the wrong way because he was embarrassing his son, you know, just yelling at him in front of people. 
So I took the young man to the side and I said, let me tell you something. I said, you are a very good catcher. You're a great kid. Sometimes, you know, parents get upset. They say things they don't want to, don't mean to say. I said, but don't ever let anybody get you in the way of going after your goals. And this kid played in high school. He was a fantastic ball player. But it's unfortunate to see parents, you know, degrade their children. I'm sorry to say that, but degrade their children in front of other people. We're the ones, like you said, they're looking for us for love, for confidence. And that's what we should be giving them, helping them set their goals. Yeah. Well, if the parents didn't get it, sometimes they try to live their lives through vicariously through their children. It's like, dude. You were supposed to get that from someone else so you can just give it to your kids. Don't use your kids to try to get your needs met to make yourself feel significant. This is a time to bolster, champion, and uplift our kids. And you did that so well. Yeah, I think it's so important, as you know, and I, I think all parents do, that it's so important to sit with their children and ask them what they they want for their future and helping them set those goals. Tell, right. Teach them at a young age, okay, you want to set goals. This is what we do. This is how we get from point A to point Z. And you just encourage them as they go on. And when they're down, you know, or feeling bad that something wasn't accomplished, you just pick them right back up and you just tell them, keep pushing, keep moving forward because no matter what happens, life is going to be tough. Yeah. But you only fail when you quit. Yeah, you know, you, I think a lot of children need that encouragement and that and that love. You know, to set the goals for the future. You know, I knew that was very important at a very, you know, when I first became a father, you know, my first daughter, you know, she told me in the seventh grade, she goes, Dad, I want to be a teacher someday. And now she's a teacher. So, go, go Nicole. You know, I love it. We, we set the goals we, and we got there. So, you're absolutely right, Dave. It is so important that parents sit with their children and, and build that foundation of confidence or just make it greater and follow them along their journey, you know, as to stay in touch, sit down with them. You know, where are we? Where, you know, where are you headed? Right. Make, make, let the parent be the coach. The parent should be the coach and should be the cheerleader. Okay. If the child is, is off course, then you, then you, you let them know, but you let them know in a positive, loving way, you know, because yelling at somebody or it's just going to make it worse, especially when it comes from a parent. From a, you know, with the child is trying to set goals. Yeah. Well, God has designed it so they're supposed to have about 20 years. That's like two decades of just parental support, encouragement, going through elementary school, junior high, high school, launching, trying, getting up again. Uh, what's really complicated is the people you and I work with, they're not kids anymore. What happens when you're in your 20s? What about your 30s? What happens if you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s and you've still never gotten that? Right. That's why we're here. Okay, well, your parents may be long gone. I mean, they're not, if they haven't done it by now, they're not going to do it. But that's okay. God has put other people on the planet to help us. You know, sometimes get what you can from dad, get what you can from mom. But if you didn't get enough of what you needed, go get a coach. We'll do it. We'll partner with you. We'll put our arm around you and go, okay, where are you trying to go? Okay, let's go that way. Let's do it together. And, and, and we get them there. Teamwork. Amen. I mean, I've had my own, I've had my own coach, Frank, for the last 20 years. It's been a game changer. Nice. And I like to tell my clients, look, I I you know, I'm not amazing. I don't wear a red cape. I'm not Superman. I'm no, a, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I'm a normal guy, I have my own needs, but I have a wife of 36 years who's amazing. I don't want to process everything with my wife. I want to love my wife. I've got five beautiful kids. 
and I've got amazing clients to work with, but I have my own unique space, one hour a week, where I can go and kind of just clear my head, talk through some things, and get my game ready for the week. And I, I, I want that for everyone. Everyone should have someone, you know. Boxers win more battles when they have a coach in their corner, you know, even the uh, Top Gun, you know. Had That's it. absolutely right. Wingmen, right? I don't even go to the gym and try to lift any weights if I don't have a spotter. I mean, if you're just doing a few little dumbbells, great. But if you're trying to like bench press some weight, you want to grab someone and go, dude, can you stand here with me? Because the odds of pushing more, achieving more, accomplishing more is greater with a spotter. And a coach is a spotter. Very true. Great information. Dave, before we wrap it up, how would you... How, if people want to work with you, how can they reach out to you? Because I think you're a fantastic coach and I know you're on LinkedIn and I would tell anyone watching this, this video to strongly connect with you on LinkedIn because your content is amazing. It's inspirational, it's motivational, and it's educational. So aside from LinkedIn, is, how else can somebody get in touch with you? Because well, I think you'd be a big asset to anyone. Well, look, if anyone knows you, you should be their first choice. You know, you you have what it takes and you're a special man, Frank. I love you. And it's been super cool to journey with you. So you're the guy they should go to. But if for some reason you're booked or not available or they just need a guy on the West Coast or something, um, I have a website, drdavewhite.com. That's D-R, Dr. Dave White, like the color, dot com. And then LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, uh, I'm on there as well. And like you, Frank, we, you know, we get on there to try to put positive thoughts out there, encourage people, support people, you know, champion people. And if they want to get a hold of us and maybe actually journey with us, you know, uh, let let's do it. But uh, you're the man. It's it's always so good to be with you, Frank. I'm, you're so inspiring, so luminous. You know, people know that already, but I don't mind saying you just show up and you're bright. And you shine and you give people just a, just a lot of great stuff. It's awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I return the compliment because since we've met each other, you're, you're just an absolutely incredible man. And I know that when people reach out to you, they're just going to achieve those goals. Doc, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back. Well, it's always great to be with you, Frank. And blessings to all the people that get to journey with you, listen to you, and watch you. Amen. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I want to thank all of you for watching. And as always, I leave you with this. Believe in your dreams, but more importantly, believe in yourself. Because that's where dreams begin. I'll see you next time. There's a lot of talk all over the Internet these days about the remarkable benefits of carbon-60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Whatever generation you're in, if you want more energy, better health, and a boost in vitality, we invite you to try Greska's Carbon-60, a stunning development in free radical destruction. Being much smaller in size than conventional antioxidants derived from fruits and vegetables, it is far more bioavailable to quickly mend the toxin-crippled cells in your body. Greska's Carbon 60 is the only C60 product that is made without the use of undesirable solvents. The only one. Greska's Carbon 60 was developed by a brilliant NASA carbon scientist and 95% report positive results from this Nobel Prize winning technology in just four days. Visit c-60.com. That's c-60.com or call 720-600-6040.